That's our song. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Welcome to the Cinematographologically Speaking podcast. Today, we are so thrilled, so pleased, so lucky uh, to be talking about Orson Welles' 1975 blend of documentary fiction and essay, Efferfake. Um, does that seem fair? Did I said it like that? It seems fair to me, yeah. Okay. Steven's looking a bit unamused, but we we go on. So I'm I'm Troy. I'm John. Yeah, I'm Steven. I'm Tanner. <laughs> I'm Brody. Woo! We are not joined by Jacob today. He he might uh he's alienating himself. <laughs> um all right so we'll do uh we'll do brief brief thoughts or whatever what are we talking about? brief thoughts and then maybe someone will have something to say i so this was like my fourth or fifth viewing i holy shit i love this movie i think it's so fun so interesting just a total master class in editing and it's just it's just so fun so interesting I don't even know. It's just uh, every time it's a wild ride, you know, like some movies it's a wild ride, but then the second time you kind of know what's going on. I don't know. Every time I watch it, it's just a real wild ride. Fun, funny, simpatico, as they say in Chinese. Just a good time. Yeah, the whole thing is uh, super fun, super entertaining. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's the kind of movie you could watch, like, a uh, hundred times and it never gets old just because it's just, like, I don't know. There's so much, like, personality to the whole thing, and, I don't know, there's just so many so many layers of, like, interest. Like, I don't know how many times you two are going to lie to our viewers <laughs> and, and tell them that what we watched is some great film, okay? This shit sucked. It was trash. It was boring, and I'm just kidding. Oh, it was really good. Oh my god, dude! Masterclass in fake. Oh my god, he's from Charlotte. Just like the movie. Just like, he's doing just like the <laughs> movie. Charlotte, Charlotte, you. So true. It was very good. Yeah, I agree. Very, very good. Virtually flawless. Ooh. Uh, Those yeah. are my thoughts. I'm also on board. Great movie. Great film. Great editing, great message. Love the message. <laughs> you like you like the point of this movie, huh? I like the point. I like the point. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah, I like the point too. And uh, yeah, I like the point. John Stephen. Yes, I like the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the sh- I like the shaft. Ooh, I like the hill. Oh, you like the whole thing. Um, <laughs> no, like, like uh, uh, worth noting that this was somewhat of uh, you know Brody had some outsized influence here. He was tired of all the Euro trash and insisted yeah. that we watch some good old American patriotic cinema. Uh, I'm patriotic. Uh, Brody's a patriot, and uh, so anyway, here's our this is our first our first American film we've talked about, right? It's the first American film Troy's ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it's actually the first American film I've seen. 
And the only one he'll ever watch. Yeah. Because he hates America. Well, because it's not about America. I don't know if it was made in America. Right. You know. Oji is certainly not American. Oji Kodar. With that yeah. chiseled face of hers. No way. More like a Greek goddess than any American swine. So true. So true. So brave. Um. Well, all right, man. <laughs> what is this movie about? <laughs> yeah, maybe some. Yeah, Brody, you. What's the point, Brody? What's this movie about? Oh, tell us. You're gonna. I really have to do this. Yeah, yeah. What's the tell, What's the movie about? Sum it up. Um. It's the relationship between. Maybe not the relationship. It's a commentary about fakeness in art and i think that it has something there's an idea in there somewhere about what like fake art really means and what like art necessarily means and what qualifies as art all right everybody's giving everybody's giving me soy face he passed on to me make me make me try to fucking explain it and i'm getting i'm getting teased i'm sorry all right somebody else say i thought that was good Whoa! Yeah, we're having fun. That that wasn't that wasn't what I was. Uh, I'm that's sorry. not what it looked like. I'm sorry, that was mean. How was I supposed to know when I'm getting a bunch of soy faces? For the viewers at home, my fucking Discord. We were all making a funny face at Brody as he uh, <laughs> as he summed up this. While, while I'm trying to explain yeah. the fucking movie. <laughs> what about this? <laughs> what about this? You know, well, 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 he, well, well I think right, it's right. He he opens up with this. He tells us what the film is about, or at least, you know, quote unquote, this film, because in the in the first bit, he's referencing multiple films. That I don't know. It's kind of all over the place, right? But he says, you know, this is a film about trickery, about fakes, fakery, whatever. Um, but the first lines of the film, you know, have to do with. What does he say? The, who can recount, like the start of the film? Like what? What's the first? Uh, I'm gonna I, like for the next like hour. I'm no. not gonna lie to you. Oh, that's like twenty minutes in. For my next that's experiment, fun. this is the opening lines. For my next experiment, ladies and gentlemen, I would appreciate the loan of any small personal object from your pocket, a key or a box of matches, a coin. Ah, a key it is, good sir. Oh, Hold right. it up ten feet over your head. Anyway, so he um, takes this, right, he does this, he performs this magic trick as, you know, he's Orson Welles, he, he's in this train station, he performs this magic trick for this child, right? And, uh, and it's all about this key to the coin, to the key, and back and forth, right? And he keeps giving it back. He, 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 he takes it from the kid, he turns it into a coin, and then says, where's the key? It's in your pocket. Take it out. And he takes the key back, and then turns it into a coin, and then back into a key, and does this thing. And then at the end of that little thing, he says, the key, I promise, is not symbolic of anything or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is the first line <laughs> or something. Anyway, but uh, just that whole introductory section I love. But I feel like that's kind of, I'm sort of referencing this essay I, I sort of sent where, um, like, taking from the viewer, I don't know, this constant interplay well, the, between the viewer and the trickery, like a magician does, where like it's like a magician constantly plays on right, giving you impressions of something and managing your expectations and also playing off of your expectations in this whole back and forth thing. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing works because, like, the magician or whatever in the audience, uh, whoever's, like, agree, like, they've agreed to be tricked by something they know is, like, fake or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and I think, like, this whole opening sequence, in the whole opening sequence, he introduces every element of kind of illusion that he's going to be using throughout the whole film. Because first he... I mean, yeah, he has this whole kind of, like, metaphor or whatever with the key and kind of, like, the audience agreeing to go along for the ride or whatever with what he's about to tell. And then and then he has this whole thing with, like, uh, th- there's a, a Oya Kodar or whatever. Like, she walks past the train, like, window or whatever. And then that shot repeats multiple times. So, I mean, he, like, shows, like, I'm going to be showing things multiple times, like, in different contexts and things like this. And then... He shows the other documentary filmmaker, uh, I forget his name, um, Reichenbach, right? Yeah. I'll and like... he, okay, but yeah, so he, like he like shows him like filming him. And so then you're aware that like what you're watching is being filmed. But then there's like another element to that because when he shows him filming him, then suddenly the documentary uh, guy, he acknowledges the camera that's filming him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, in this, in this opening sequence, he kind of like very quickly displays and shows to the viewer like what you're being shown is real and edited by me or whatever and like you can accept it or you can't or you don't accept it and if you accept it then I'll take you along for this ride or whatever but I don't know he makes the viewer aware in the first five minutes of kind of like all of the kind of tactics and techniques and and like the nature of the film you're about to watch Is that your mother? Oh no, of course it's not. Just about. Oh, yeah. I thought Brody's description was much better. <laughs> is that true? Uh, well, I don't know. I feel like our what we've been saying is basically not even in response to the question of what the film is about. Although, sort of, I usually like to look to the beginning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the I mean, film. I mean, the... I think that was accurate, or you know, about like the first scene in particular um not ne- not necessarily about like the broad yeah idea of what the film is about necessarily yeah um, i mean i think oh sorry i don't know like it is interesting i don't know i'm not i'm not i don't really know how to put this exactly just just i'll just say it's interesting the idea of fake art and the idea of experts and this sort of thing and like the idea of the lie but it sort of reminds me of that like hanukkah quote like the film is 24 or 30 lies per second in the service of truth or something like that which is that the story within itself isn't true but it is in service of something that is more true um yeah right wells and i yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, Wells says like almost similar line in the near the end. He's like, you know, uh, you know, something about lies that reveal the truth or something. But right, exactly. Um, maybe for some a little context, right? Like Wells at this time, b- there's allegations made by this dude. I forget his name who wrote this essay or it's wrote this thing, an article called "Raising Cain." Kane spelled as in Citizen Kane, where basically it's alleged that like Orson Welles 
wasn't really the author of Citizen Kane, but rather it was this other guy. And okay. uh, so that was like a really annoying thing. I imagine obviously that figures in a lot into this whole thing about authenticity and experts and fakes and fake fakes and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Um, and also sort of what you're saying, because like uh, there's some phrase, uh, again, I'm pulling up from this essay, this thing, but documentary film or a scripted film in a scripted film the director is god and in a in a documentary god is the director and in this film the director is a character Mm -hmm. and is a god via editing yet like Mm -hmm. it's still true like elmir and all these people you know it's all real so to say except for whatever oyo kodar is like this kind of interweaving total fiction right right and although it's maybe unrelated just a fun fact elmir uh after this film was released uh elmir was extradited to france and subsequently immediately committed suicide Mm. so elmir is a real yeah elmir that's actually elmir he's a fake artist yes he everything about i mean yeah so the whole scandal is real to be clear elm Elmir, Irving, stuff, all these characters, we're actually looking at them and they actually are fakers. And right, so right, the film is right, starts out. So this guy, who is the guy? The 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 other director, filmmaker that Wells is working with here. I can't find his name. Um, so he's making a film about Elmir. And then has and he had also previously made a film about Wells. So he goes to Wells with this footage and says, hey, I want you to narrate for me. Wells looks at the footage and says, whoa, like there's something bigger here. We can do something bigger. So then they go to film more. Wells then enters the picture and is like, all right, let's go get more footage. And he goes there. Mm-hmm. And while he's filming, uh, Irving had already published his book, Fake, about Elmir. And then at the conclusion of their filming, Irving conducts his own hoax with the mm-hmm. writing the fake autobiography of whatever, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. was it, what's his name? I don't remember, the, but the, I, I, I remember that part. The, oh, Hughes. Hughes oh, yeah, Hughes. writes his fake autobiography of Hughes. Anyway, so then they start filming that, and then all this stuff, and then blah, blah, blah. So um, I forget what this was to say. Just background, I guess. It is real. Or, or the, yeah, 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 the yeah. story yeah, there yeah. is a lot of actual yeah, so documentary work being done okay as well as like sort of and wells threads in his own tale and story of citizen kane but also war of the worlds and all that stuff although i feel like he underplays it um i don't know what do we what do we got it just to me the film feels like such a whirlwind and like every moment there's something you want to point out and be like oh this is Oh, the way he expected me to, and this, and oh, that's funny, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's hard to come away. And there's definitely a lot of, like, times when, like, I was, like, like, so many, like, pieces of information were, like, coming at me and being weaved together. And, uh, like, it was almost, like, jarring in some sense. Um, like, it was very, like, it felt very, like, non-linear. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's all over the place. He keeps... Yeah, it's, like, all over the place, but it's all in service of, like, the same sort of narrative, but it isn't, like, a direct line through it. It's, like, a bunch of, like, jumbled up pieces 
that are like scrambled together it feels like yeah he says he's like there's this moment about 20 minutes in where it, it transitions to something a little more concrete and starts to actually tell the story of the first film as he says about Elmir. And it's mm-hmm. like he's jumping all around from all these different things and he keeps acknowledging that it's crazy. And then there's this part where the, the film reel becomes loose off the editing table and starts flying mm-hmm. around. He's like, oh, yeah. it's, it's falling apart again. Well, I mean, that's how it was or something like this. He talks about like the way we're experiencing the way he felt, you know, experiencing it, but also editing it anyway. And then he puts the film reel back on and then it becomes a little more focused on the story of Elmir. But yeah. Um. Yeah, it feels hard to come away with anything general to say that isn't sort of a bit cliche, right? Like you want, like if like to talk about whatever the the jokingly previously mentioned point of the film, like one want right. one probably wants to look to like the Chartre, Chart Chartre Chartre uh, section wherein like authorship is discussed and you know blah 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 and you know we're all gonna die go on singing which actually is super epic right Mm -hmm. but um i don't know if i don't know i i don't know anyone steven what do you got uh it seemed like uh everything that's being described it sounds very metafictional it was very metafictional uh in the sense that and the first thing that comes to mind is pale king uh because that's like my only other like experience with like such like mm, like a testament to like what metafiction can do and feel like and by metafiction i just mean where the creator so the director in this sense you know um is able to both craft a narrative about something, consistently interject themselves into the narrative, uh, and convince the viewer that like various details are correct or true about them. Uh, you know, but it's all in service of a fabricated narrative. Um, and by fabricated narrative, obviously we know that the art thief situation is all documentarian. <clears throat> uh, the same way I think Lots of The Pale King, lots of it uh, is obviously inspired by Dave Foster Wallace's actual life. Um, And so, but there's clearly some sort of like uh, eroding of what actually could have happened. I don't know how much actually occurred. Clearly the documentarian aspect of uh, the times where they're at parties and things like that. But then there's times where like Wells is like, in the party or like inserted into the party yeah mm-hmm. and i and i don't really understand uh how real some of those are some of those seem real some of those don't and then other times the obvious cases and these are they become more blatant as time goes on but uh but like when they have uh the author and the artist both responding to and interviewers questions yeah and he has them positioned such that they're it's as if they're talking to each other you know yeah a lot mm-hmm. um Right. And uh, and I think that became super apparent during one scene where it was like super like, I mean, they just had like a back and forth and it was kind of like jarring. <laughs> so I, because of that, like it becomes clear that the editing is transpiring. Um, yeah, there's tons of fake yeah, just, conversations, like constructed. Right, fake conversations. conversations. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I don't know. 
just on that note too, I think there's conversations too where, right? There's conversations where like different people, real people are playing other real characters. Like Wells plays Elmir. Like, like there will be switching back and forth between Elmir and um, Wells, particularly when they're explaining, like they're justifying their actions or whatever. Is you know what I'm talking about? Where all the language is coming from Elmir, but Wells is like saying half of it, and then it goes to Elmir, oh, yeah. continuing the thought. Mm-hmm. Well, lots of stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, know I didn't you know. know if that was. You said he's playing Elmir. I don't know if that's. I mean, how how would he be playing well, Elmir? He's not necessarily playing him, but he's like juxtaposing them as being like the same figure or something in the film. Like that, the right? I mean, like to think about them in the same way. Well, I'm just saying, I'm I'm pretty sure multiple times are different characters, but the one I'm thinking of right now is like Elmir is telling a story, and then Ort Wells has edited himself in, like cut out blocks of Elmir telling the story, and it's him telling the same story. Mm-hmm. So it's like one story being told. But it cuts back and forth between Elmir or Wells telling it. And um, yeah, like Steve would say, lots of fake conversations. I thought it was so funny when Elmir, they have some footage of Elmir at a party where he's like, he's like, oh, your shirt is so distasteful. Yeah. It looks to the filmmaker guy and he's wearing the most absurd right. shirt. He's clearly not at the party, but he's like standing, like he's pretending to be at the party. Like all these fake little interactions. Um did uh did any of you feel like bad for elmir like he um like he wasn't like getting like the recognition maybe he like deserved or maybe like you felt like all like the the artists um especially the one that he was imitating the most was in some sense like a fraud within himself does that make sense yeah wait what do you mean well maybe we should well so he's uh, so he was like, you know, he was like so sitting there and he's like, you know, he'd paint something like really quick. You know, he'd said that he like paint like three of these paintings in like an afternoon. And then the experts would come in and they'd examine these paintings for two hours and tell you all of them were legitimate. But, you know, it's like, well, if these all look legitimate, like how good can the paintings actually be? Well, and, I don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I don't think necessarily like the time spent on it or whatever. I mean, there's like tons of cases of like people who are considered great artists or whatever that make great art or whatever, making stuff in an extremely short amount of time. And but the thing is, is like if you buy like kind of Wells argument or his kind of uh, framing of the story or whatever, I think it's hard not to feel bad for Elmir because, I mean, he is a great artist by every standard besides the fact that what he's making is not assigned to his name or something. Right. You know? So, so it's like, you know, he's just as you can say, like maybe he's just as good as the artist he's imitating. The only yeah. thing that he doesn't have is the status. And maybe, maybe or the originality like check in. Yeah. I mean, originality and vision is all like, I think we should probably check in and actually talk about like, you know, what do we think of the, like, yeah, what do we think of the fakeries or these, you know, because it seems like, right, there's all this conversation in the film about, well, and there's, know, well, then there's, does it matter the authorship if it's great art, blah, blah, blah. 
yeah and then there's that that line where it's like even picasso can make a fake picasso yeah um i mean so like there's some there's something about genuine art but like what it is exactly isn't easy to pinpoint and isn't easy to describe at least i couldn't do it and clearly neither could the experts because they don't they don't really know what it is either Oh yeah, because they're they're like about authenticating the art or whatever is real. Like they're not concerned with kind of the point that Wells tries to make with like the Kipling poem, where he talks about uh, Adam like making a sketch in the mold, and he says, "In the first rude sketch that the world had seen was joy to his mighty heart, and then till the dev- devil whispered behind the leaves, it's pretty, but is it art?" And like I think the 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 point being that like any kind of or i mean the point that wells uses the line um being or in service of is something like any kind of like authentication or like even the process of trying to decide whether it's art or whether it's good is to uh avoid like what really makes it art or something which is uh as he says with like chart or whatever the it being like a celebration and that he says something like Chartres is like the last cele- like this might be like our last celebration or something and it's made into the glory of God and all this. Yeah. Um yeah, like the devil is the one who poses the question of classification. Mm-hmm. Is something art and experts are the ones who claim to respond to the answer with or, or, experts are those who claim to answer the question. But right. But I feel I mean I don't think they ever answered that question, though. Their job is never to say whether something is or is not art. It's just to associate it with, like, assign contiguity with the art with the artist. Yeah, like, but right, but the, the idea being, like, if it's a fake, it's not what it would be. It doesn't hang artist. in a museum. Like, it doesn't hang in a museum. It doesn't, like, I, it, well, like, the whole idea of, like, it going, like, a museum, buying it or whatever, it's, like, there's obviously some kind of social, like, agreement or something that, like, the things in this museum or great art or whatever these are this is what great art is and um and so the experts more or less decide what is allowed to be seen as great by like the museums because the museums wouldn't buy it if it was called a fake even if it was like amazing yeah in my mind what's really at work though when you go to a museum is not to see great works of art but instead to see works of art by by people by artists um and so we associate that with great art but for instance if you go to like a small hole in the wall uh museum that's doing some sort of local showing of a local artist Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that that art's great or even good but there is the guarantee that it's by that artist Mm. so i think that that's what the uh like so the the that's where the failing in the experts is is that they can't even attribute uh the art to the artist um but I don't like I see more for instance like saying something is great art I see that actually less as the experts problem and more as like a uh like a market problem or something like Mm -hmm. that um and the experts are involved in that but only insofar as people make the connections between what is displayed in the museum is great art but that the experts aren't actually the driving force behind that Instead, that's like the, the the true motivating force is the desire to obtain valuable art. It's not actually the experts. The experts just play the middleman in the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gatekeepers of sorts. Like, they're one degree separation from just declaring something as valuable. And then, right. so do you think this is also to say something about, like, the market um, as a, or, like, maybe commodities, like, as a whole? Because there's this one scene where they're talking about, like, the market of art, and they're, um, like, panning to all these, like, fast food restaurants and all sorts of these other things, like, in L.A., um, and I don't know. I, it was difficult for me to like understand like what that could have been trying to say. It could have just been talking about like commodification as a whole, like the, just scenery for you know what is considered to be like the market, or it could have been something along the lines of like fast food is fake or some shit like that. I don't know. He does say that though, right? Uh. Like, what's in our food has become fake? Yeah, talking about yeah, seafood yeah, and stuff. It's funny. I don't know yeah, if it was at that says, point. And then he says something, yeah, he says something like, this restaurant, I can assure you there are no fakes or something like that. And it was yeah. like, Trek was, was something or something or other, right? That, or like seafood yeah, or something. It was where Elmir's original, right, it was like vet, some V name. Oh, yeah. But it was Elmir. Elmir had painted fakes all up in this like restaurant or something is what I thought. Um, there's a V name. I'm not sure if the ones displayed there are from Elmir though. Yeah, I, I think Elmir no, ends up doing fakes of that V name. Well, no, well, I, yeah, I don't know, but I just remember that's the sequence where the conversation of Elmir's origins takes place, where mm. Orson starts telling Elmir's story as if he's on, like, they, they do that switch and forth I was talking about a, a minute ago, but I'm trying to find it a bit, but I forget the name, yeah. So, do you think that it's the people who are trying to obtain the art are the ones who, like, don't truly understand or care about what qualifies something as great art? Do you understand the question or no? Um, yeah, I think that in some cases, that's the, that's true. In other cases, not. But to want to own a Picasso simply because it's by Picasso is obviously, in my mind, not exact. That's like valuing the commodity of art greater mm-hmm. than the art itself. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy a Picasso piece so much that you want to obtain it and have mm-hmm. it and display it, you know? Uh, but that's just, yeah, it varies between each purchaser, I think. Right. Because it's like the actual like greatness of the artist that can elevate him or her to a status that uh, <laughs> that uh, makes their art actually like that valuable enough to be put in like a museum and to be even like have fakeries of that somebody could like ride their tailcoats. But once they reach that level of status, it almost doesn't even matter. Like the the value of the artist becomes lost to his commodification. Maybe. Yeah, I think a way, just to sort of pose, maybe the question in a similar way. I think the end section, that is truly fiction with Oyakodar and the Picasso and the Oyakodar's father, grandfather. I feel like this is like a distillation of like the ethical <clears throat> question. You know, like one, like you could say, you know, the question is something like, 
you know, is it a good thing? Like, you know, uh, with reference to the story, is it a good thing that I'm going to call him the grandfather, the grandfather made this Picasso period, Mm -hmm. right? Like, is this a good thing for the world? And similarly, is it a good thing that Elmir committed all these fakes? Like, is this awesome? There's all this great art in the world, right? Like someone else makes great art and he mimics the style so as to create more of it. Mm -hmm. Although obviously there's something important about origin when talking about what is great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like someone makes some like super heartfelt whatever versus someone who just like uh, traces it or something. But yeah, is is it a good thing that all these, you know, if Elmir's done all these hundreds of fakes... And they're all out there and they're enjoyed and loved by people and blah, 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 right? It's just like an ultimately good thing or did he do something wrong? And Did he do something wrong, but it's Well, okay. it's something that's strange. And I think, so, is, okay, so like all like art and like all ideas are going to be built off of somebody else's previous work, unconsciously or consciously. And then so you could say like, like perhaps the grandfather in this fictional narrative was producing their own works of art um or sorry was producing works of art underneath their own name and was simply taking picasso as an influence and then but it but those things could like only be valuable because of the like the commodification that it becomes more valuable to actually like be associated with the name rather than like the actual art itself. So I think I forgot where I was going with this point. Like if you release under his own name know. like Elmir tried to make his own art, it just it doesn't succeed. Right. So maybe well, like by putting but it in, in some Picasso's sense name, that's di- but in some joy. sense Elmir is different because you could say that Elmir Al- doesn't have a creative vision and couldn't produce something um actually like great by himself and can only succeed in the or in the realm of fakery um while in the narrative sense the with the grandfather like perhaps he was making something that was genuinely great um i think he's doing the same thing as mm-hmm. okay uh, by, um, no, i think their just... their, mo- their motives can be different but i think they're both making fakes though they're, they're both making fakes and, and each lacks a true creative personal vision uh i mean they're both making fakes but i think what was what distinguishes the grandfather is his whole point is i've made an entire picasso what does he call it era or Period. phase or something where he's like you jump Period. from phase to phase like almir seems like he but he would copy each one every time he changed yeah, but this time he was ahead of Picasso. He created a Picasso phase that Picasso hadn't. He had, he had actually. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, in yeah, that he case, had yeah. actually, you know, because I think they, mm-hmm. in the story, whatever, like uh, Picasso hasn't done stuff recently, and then Picasso is back with a brave new vision and a new era. You know, gone is blue, and now we've got this. Yeah, and you can consider that like progression of art that like could be like an influence of picasso and then i don't know but it could like something like that could only succeed and perhaps maybe this is in uh some sort of commentary on like the modernity of the art world 
which is like it could only succeed now off the backs of, off the back of somebody else who is already successful in the commodification of the art world and perhaps maybe in time past that maybe nah i'm sure it was always like that but either way like so uh one thing that comes to mind but i don't know much about the idea is harold bloom who talks about how all the great authors uh are inspired by the agon which is the idea that and poets you know that you have to kill the previous generation's icons of what good art is um, in order to be a great artist. And it's actually this extreme antagonistic view against the art world and against the previous generation's great art is what drives like innovation in art, in truly great art. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's what he identifies in, you know, each like uh, each next chapter of like English literature, you know, um, is like an extreme attempt to distance themselves from the previous generation Mm -hmm. um of course they synthesize and of course they draw inspiration from because they can't help but to draw some something from the previous generation but that they're so radically different and oriented towards some personal vision uh and they seem to do it like so uh like antagonistically um that they that what comes through is like great art like in a in a special and unique way that like you can tell if you're in the art world if you if you're well read if you understand the history that there's just certain moments where an artist or an art piece comes along and it absolutely does blow the fucking roof off you know like so right Kane. it's something that's like genuinely creative and unique yeah right right but you could but you can only understand uniqueness within the context of like understanding <clears throat> The past, which is kind of strange. Kind of, but I mean, Bro, outside you can also art. like, like if you if you just picked up Ulysses and tried reading it, like you would understand that it's so absolutely different than other pieces around that time period. Like, and then you could see you would see pieces later on that would be like, uh, so you don't need like this vast swath of like you don't have to read Shakespeare and Homer. To understand that Ulysses is unique for its time, but you know? but do you think like Ulysses or maybe like other great pieces of art are in intentionally antagonistic towards what yeah. is currently being made? But if it's intentionally antagonistic, then it almost like couldn't be a thing without the the antagonist what it is trying to distance itself from oh yeah yeah that's true so it's like it's like it's not it's not just what's being made it's it's what the previous greats were right and so it's like but even in originality it's still in some sense like drawing from what it is trying to distance itself from yeah for sure wacky well but it comes through in the art i don't know i think that it's like yeah, well, I, it's I just, it's just strange because it's like, be because like, it's uh, like you know, you have the idea that, like, if it's completely antagonistic, that it's original, but it can't be truly original because it's always, it's, it's drawing itself uh, yeah, I, from yeah, something I, else, I, no matter what. It has to. Yeah, the claim if, is never that it's original. Okay. It's just that they're inspired to be original. The claim is never that they can manage that. Okay. Hmm. Is it a good thing what Elmir did? 
um, it's not a bad thing. It like you know, like like it says in the film, um, like he he couldn't exist without the commodification of the art. Without it, you know, he would he would be a nobody because I think it's sort of insinuated in the film that he doesn't actually have a creative vision. Yeah, Irving says that. Yeah, and he, and he has, and he has, really nothing to offer. Um, what well, doesn't he? I don't know. I mean, well, maybe he it's good. Well, he has, he, the only thing he has. Wait, someone say something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wish I could like look at the paintings and know anything about the artist that he's replicating or anything to have like my own opinion on how good it is or something. You know what I mean? But like, um. I don't know. I mean, he was making paintings that were like a couple of the portraits were ones that had never been seen before or whatever, because they didn't exist. Like, so, I mean, what he's replicating is like a style, but he's still creating like new art. Yeah. All of them are new. Yeah. But he, but he yeah, lives under the thumb of the previous and I, generation. And I would also say, yeah. because, because I would also say that he isn't really making new art because a lot of the things that made, I don't know much about this artist, uh, but I'm assuming that part of what makes him great is the fact that he has unlocked this sort of style, this, this call it originality or antagonist to the previous greats. And it's through that creative vision, quotations, original vision is what actually made the artist great. And then he is simply writing the coattails of his previous vision, because it's not that what the original artist was making was technically great or anything like that but rather he had the vision to create this style that happens to be easily imitatable or at least easily imitatable by the faker himself so but but what actually made the artist great was the originality quotations of the vision does that make sense well it's definitely both luckily i am an actual expert on art and painting. Okay. Uh, Good thing you're here then. World's foremost, actually. I took an impression okay. for us. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, definitely right, but it's both. It's like, I mean, I think a lot of this is just analogous to Sisson Kane, where you have, right, you have innovation, right? So, like, yeah, you have, like, you know, they're, they're imitating Picasso or Monet, right? You look at Monet's, like, short strokes and, you know, the innovative study of light on, like, a, like a, a static object but dynamic lighting and, like, all these things. It's like, oh, this is so new and exciting, you know, he's pushing the boundaries of what painting is, right? So, yes, and someone does the same thing just the way Sisson Kane, you know, invents, like, deep focus and other perspective, uh, new, like, uh, perspective tools. And then a, a bunch of people come after, right, and just make films like that. Like, I feel like, um, uh, now I'm forgetting his name. Elmir is like someone who, like, you look at, like, any film today, like, any, you know, a lot of, like, Hollywood film or whatever is just an amalgamation of strategies innovated on in the past, right? And then they just, like, reworkshop them into something of the same style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so you have like Jaws, and then you get a bunch of movies that try and recreate this like you know innovative suspense. Mm-hmm. You have stuff like this, but Elmir puts <clears throat> their name on it. 
yeah, yeah. they're all new they're all new works and the but the works are also beautiful like citizen kane isn't so loved just because of deep focus it's so loved because of the story mate right like monet Maybe, makes it, beautiful paintings but it but it is but it has only reached its status in like the film world because of its innovation because of its originality and i don't think it could have done that had it been a great story that was effectively what has already been made yeah i'm just pointing out it's both and so well but i'm saying both is absolutely required y- yes but what yeah, so asked, what about, you, you, I'm gone. you pose the question though uh is it good what he's doing or is it okay what he's doing right yeah, and I think I think the answer, like, I mean, obviously to the world, it's not bad. Like, obviously t- to some external, he he hasn't done anything in itself bad. But you said Elmir kills himself, right? Yeah, he gets extradited. And, I uh, mean, I could check it out, for, but yeah, he gets extradited and commits suicide. I imagine that he understands that he's living his life as a fraud, uh, not just and no matter how much like uh, lying he does to himself, it's not enjoyable to just constantly put your name on somebody else's art if you love art now maybe one could do that if they were like a sociopathic craftsman that doesn't uh care about art itself and they're doing it just for money and they get some kick out of it that way but i think if elmer truly cared about art and being an artist especially as it seems like he did when he was younger and then to have to do this it feels to himself like a violation and that's because he's constantly it's like living it's like living under like the name of your household or your father for the, your entire life, you never get actualized. And like art is clearly like, I think uh, a method for self-actualization and self-expression. Mm-hmm. And that these are totally, uh, you know, Elmir is the is a testament to like what art what art is, which I think is just like craftsmanship or something. If it's not meant to relay or relay uh, like yourself or something like that. Mm, which takes us back to the the Kipling poem, right? Uh, maybe if you could, could you connect well, it? I don't. Yeah, know yeah, yeah. Talking. I mean that <clears throat> that like that Adam Adam Sandler the tree and scratch with the stick in the mold. The first root sketch of the world had seen was joy to his mighty heart. So it's like it's him self actualizing. It's his. Right. Until, and, huh? Until it was yeah. Joy until to his mighty heart. until until. Till the devil whispered behind the leaves, it's pretty, but is it art? So yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, but I think that the, the enterprise requires the whole thing. Like, you can't you can't just, like, give in to the devil's temptation there. Like, obviously, like, and I don't agree with this. Picasso could make a fake Picasso. That's not true at all. I think that, like, Picasso could say, this is not good. I'm, I'm dissatisfied with what I've just made. I'm never going to sell this and then burn it, sure. But... What he makes is Picasso, no matter what. I don't, I don't see it as, like, that to me is kind of ridiculous. And yeah, because who it, makes that claim? Yeah, because like Im- imp- implied in that is that like there's some kind of idea of what a Picasso is, and that Picasso, uh, can, like, conform to it or not yeah. conform to it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so that's so gross. Can you imagine? Oh. Like that's just your. Well, that means there's a total separation between your identity as you and your identity as the artist, and that's gross in my mind. That sounds well, yeah, like a really that, bad thing for a person. Well, I think that's <clears throat> yeah for a person. I, I, I think there's a lot of what's happening is the commodification of Picasso as like this concept and not a person. 
yeah like evidence by the person saying they say, made they made a picasso era right as if picasso was like a brand and then i also right. want to throw in right uh that someone in the film says that picasso said i can do a fake picasso yeah which right. like we don't just to be clear we don't real, know if picasso like, actually said this yeah but then also no. I, no, I, mean, no. I think wells says it or something like that yeah he does the, the, i get the yeah he's a charlatan uh i get the uh yeah, I think it's what's so gross about, like, when people are just annoying when people complain about, like, a film director or whatever, and they're, like, they come out with a film, and they're, like, yeah, this was this was totally not, like, their film, you know what I mean? They're, like, this was so, like, with Trier or whatever, like, this was not a Trier film, like, or this was so unlike Trier to make this, or something like that, which, like, I don't know, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh putting putting first the idea that like there's some kind of thing that they have to fulfill my brand. as opposed to yeah mm-hmm. brand but aren't in some sense like when when people say that they're if anything it's like kind of a compliment like they have created this original uh part of art that they're appealing to does that make sense yeah like yeah. no yeah yeah i mean i mean i think most of the time when there's like a director and like you see like a huge change or whatever in their work uh but with like the same like dedication or whatever to some kind of like higher goal or something like this like it's all it's almost always a good thing like i like seeing that but i I mean what i was quoting or like saying like the phenomenon i was commenting on was when people say it as a negative thing which i think a lot of people do because they get attached to their idea of the artist as opposed to the actual point of what they're doing which is much more personal and subjective in the self-actualization i uh i did some research and it appears to be that that is a real quote to say that he that three paintings were brought to picasso he says they're fake he says but i've watched you paint these with my own eyes and then picasso shrugged i often paint fakes I wonder if that's Picasso, an idiot. like being. Like, well, I wonder <laughs> yeah, if that's him being like tongue in cheek or something about like his own like knowledge of, yeah, like his could, own awareness of his of that that he's become a brand, or whether yeah, it's him a, being. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of ways to interpret that. Quote. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Michael Bay yeah. makes Michael Bay films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? Makes a fake Michael Bay film. Well, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, yeah. and Bergman makes Bergman movies, like, but hey, hey. But but the thing, is, <laughs> Too far. the thing is is like when they change up, you know, when they change up. Yeah. That's I think is a sign of growth. I like that. Yeah. And I think it's actually I think it's actually really like and that's and that's part that's captured in some sense in the fictional narrative at the end when he talks about all these different phases and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean that seems essential to be an artist. And so that's why the grandfather in this case I think is you know, more is more is more than Elmir is an artist uh, because he creates the new phase, creates the new Picasso phase, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately he's still like, there is still just some danger of the name being associated with Picasso. And I mean, for and him, you... I don't mean for the world. I don't like the care. Is it good for him to do it? I don't think it matters about what the world is, but as in for him, I don't think he can live a satisfied life knowing that he contributed, but it's under the Picasso name um, because yeah. if he has an artistic inclination, well, it's a betrayal of himself. But I think he well, conceptualizes think... himself as con- contributing to Chartres. You know, he's like... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Except Chartres, in this case, 
was started by Picasso, but he's like, he has secretly added his own, you know, little design on Chartres and says, oh, please, Picasso, I know that this building is yours, but look at what I did. I It's good. It's I've contributed. Please just, he's yeah, like, he's sad. like, he's like, all I want, he's like, give a dying man his dying wish. Just tell me what I've made is beautiful, that I've contributed to Chartres. And yeah. Picasso's like, you know, eat shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah which makes so. Yeah, I think that's super sad. That's super, like, super egoic. Like, you're you're just stuck in this. Uh, there is no uh, self actualization there. Why does he need Picasso to say that this is? Yeah, great? like he's that's, still looking to weird. an expert. You know, yeah. but yeah, he's still looking and, to this thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think I think that like the issue, like the underlying issue, might be that like picasso's paintings aren't like anonymous or whatever that the brand exists in the first place or something like that that the idea exists in the first place which is like the whole point with with chart which is like the whole idea is that it's completely anonymous and that it's like if you contributed to it you're only becoming a part of that and an anonymity there's no and the thing exists like there's no debating that your piece of it exists um it's like so yeah as soon as you introduce the idea that someone made it and that the fact that they made it is what makes it real like mm. suddenly there has to be some kind of verification or like confirmation that it is real or a part of the work rather than with charger it's just there like which i think th there's a line in uh wells's monologue where he says something about like uh, what does he say he says something about it just like like um the best thing about it is that it exists or something like that yeah uh yeah i like that line what's what's tough is like on the topic of like looking up to the expert um in order to verify whether your art is good like what's tough is that it it, it is hard to know like whether it whether your art is good or not i would imagine and that in some sense you're always looking up to something in order to verify it and in a lot of the cases like it is the the market it is like if people are willing to actually like buy and indulge in what it is that you're making um well i think this relates to the chartre idea of like it says Chartres, a celebration to God's glory and to the dignity of man. He said, well, all that's left. Most artists seem to feel these days is man. Mm -hmm. And like this obsession with the Picasso brand is like this obsession with man. And like, you know, like, you know, why is the grandfather not satisfied to create art outside of the Picasso brand? Like, what does he want to do? Does he want to contribute to Chartres or does he want to contribute to Picasso? Mm -hmm. he's i mean seemingly just obsessed with picasso and and all that's left right like you know one would think like the artist would want to celebrate right a celebration of god and the dignity of man you know could create art like in chartres like in the corners like there's a house of jackpot reference but like you know in the corners these small works that are never seen by man and are for god's eyes only is anyone following? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, if I, the question is, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's egoic, like Stephen was saying. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that if if you're to if you're to make a work of art and uh, the 
thing that you're making it for or whatever is, I mean, you could say like the market or, or like the, the social status or whatever as like verified by experts that it's real or whatever that like, there's no humility in that because the goal is attainable or something like that mm -hmm. versus like, if you're going to create something for some kind of transcendent ideal or like God or whatever, as, as well says that there's some kind of, that it becomes, um, I mean, there's no, there's no verifying it. It's completely subjective and it's completely, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, some kind of submission, uh, some kind of total humility or something, right? Yeah. Do you follow me? Yeah. I think submission and humility are good words. I think that, uh, as, as cliche as it is, like when art, Art is obviously treated at, by artists at times as like a phallus or an attempt at phallus. They want to create art that will grant them essentially the, what they believe to be the desire of the other. They think that this is what the world wants from them. And I think though uh, that when we see the cases of people who truly uh, subscribe to that idea, and I think that this is a, a not a good one, but I think that it's common in a lot of artists, maybe all. Um, but for instance, people who win lots of Grammys, we look at them and we actually don't think of them as great artists. Oftentimes, we think of them if you're if you're into art, okay, uh -huh. you think of them as in some sense like cheating or they've given themselves in. They've become like part of, part of the market culture, or whatever. It's not to say awards are bad in total, but it's when someone's art is only uh, viewed through this sort of like award-winning lens. Mm -hmm. um and like that's the only testament like it, it, um, if you can truly you know see the art as something like speaks to you or whatever then it's different uh but you know there's the idea there's the lucanian idea where you need to accept that the phallus doesn't exist there is no object which will secure you uh the desire of the other and that's part of living a relatively actualized life it's i think it's one we could all agree is uh, one we would want to strive for because we obviously don't like the Scrooge that just accumulates money to no end because that's clearly like a focusing of the wrong, like they focus their psychic energy on accrual of wealth. We don't like that. If that's all they do, a miser, you know, if obviously if the wealth permits something, it's cool. You know, if it permits some great other thing, it's different. Um, and the same way, if an artist cares too much about their awards, that's a, a whack-ass artist. Nobody likes that. Now, if they win awards and it's in the background, it's in the periphery, but they're true to themselves, we like that more. And I think that I like the submission and humility idea because I think that it is a submission or humility. The greatest artist, there would be some sort of acceptance that the phallus doesn't exist, that the big other is there, that there's an impossibility associated with their task, with relaying their subjectivity, and yet they thrive in it or at least like submit themselves to it. And so they constantly create new and different art change you know, and just seek to express themselves because it's all they can do. Mm -hmm. That's a good artist in my mind. So, in this pause, I'd uh, like to point out something kind of sad. Just that, I don't know, I wish we were more equipped. I don't know if it's the medium or if it's the preparation and lack thereof, but something about talking about the details of the film, like, uh, I don't know, I feel like this is all very good and I like it, but it's like a discussion of like the ideas put forth in the film. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I wish we not talked more about the film, but could talk 
more about like it, it well it, it's just it really difficult yeah it's just super difficult because it's like everything that wells is using in order to put forth these ideas and discuss them are all i mean i don't know it's kind of it's kind of it's almost like a perfect use of the medium because it doesn't have to leave the medium to be perfectly discussed like does that make sense so like the the tools the tools that he's using are not best thought of outside of the film itself when watching it like to discuss them yeah. is yeah i mean like more yeah. self-contained yeah which i, mean, I think I, is I, I, just testament so to how so good the film is about the film is the film and its methods and you know it's a story about a faker writing a book about a faker who commits a fake all documented by a fake faker and like i don't know i'm just throwing it out there that I don't think we will, and it makes me sad. How could I we? Mean, I don't that's really what I'm, know. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying it, I don't. I, I don't even know how we would come to the table other than like with the, with some sort of extremely fleshed out plan. I mean, you'd have to just go through that. You just have to. You'd have to do like a commentary shot. on the film. Yeah, like All in right. order to talk when are we about doing it. Shot by shot. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> but what's the goal of that? Ultimately? Yeah, to show I mean, how a message is delivered, just to show how a narrative is built. Is that what you want to do? Bro, signifier signified. Uh, yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I'm basically saying it'd be so fun to do a shot by shot, so we could actually talk about the film. Film. I think every. I, mean, like, I think when you do that, though, it's gonna just resort to what we've been talking about. Yeah, because like to me, like the film. Maybe maybe I don't understand it enough, but it's like. It's so direct, in a sense, in what it's trying to, like, say that, like, every single, like, scene that could be potentially talked about or a display of a message would, I think, inevitably lead to more of a discussion about the abstraction of the ideas rather than the the film itself. And I think, you know, almost all <coughs> conversations about art, and you could even say, like, art itself is more of like an attempt to lead into a conversation of the idea more so than the art itself well, does that make sense well i'm still i'm still down to talk about like the the technique and the craft of the thing which i mean yeah i, I mean i'm i'm like of course i'm interested in that and i want to talk about it um yeah, with this film, it just seems particularly difficult to do so. Like, to talk about certain moments and, like, well, why was this put here? Or why did this cut here? Or why was this this way? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and to respond... Yeah, I mean, totally. It just seems difficult to talk about more so than most films. But also, well, just to respond to Brody real quickly, uh, I mean, what makes this film so fun and so interesting and so enjoyable is not some discussion of what is art and authenticity and authorship and value and you know blah 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 although that's really good and interesting and an important part of it like that doesn't in my mind this conversation of art doesn't capture what is so fun about the film what is so special mm -hmm. about the film right like there's clearly value that we're not getting at and i'm not saying we necessarily could right now which is my lamentation Anyway, go on, Stephen. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think 
uh, one, I think Brody used the word direct about what he's trying to say, which I understand what he means, and maybe he would agree a different phrasing would be loud, because I don't think it's very obvious necessarily what's trying to be said, right? But it's just clear that there's a point to be made and that it wants to facilitate discussion. The whole second half of the film is essentially gearing up to get you to discuss. Like, I mean, like, even he himself is discussing the point of the movie he's making. And that's mm -hmm. another, like, metafictional account, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's... So I think... Uh, now, I agree that we haven't captured what's fun. Mostly just... I think you said the word... What was it? You say... I don't know. I think hurricane or tornado or something. Whirlwind. Whirlwind, yeah. I mean, that's what makes it fun, clearly. Uh, I think that the extremely fast editing, things like this. But I don't think that, like, we could... I don't think we could... It'd be, it'd be really difficult to just go through like the first half of the film, uh, where it's less. We might say a little less, uh, like I don't know, uh, loud, grounded. grounded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and point out why it's fun. Like telling someone why something is fun is pretty difficult. Other than just, I guess you can explain how you felt during a scene, and like people can kind of get that vicarious enjoyment. Um, and then maybe that would get them interested, but it's pretty difficult to say why something is fun and have it actually do something, do justice to the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You can never do it. You can never, right? Just like intersubjectivity. Like you can't communicate the special quality of film and the experience. But uh, I think my point is something like, I think we could communicate the fun, the craft, the choice by choice timeline via some kind of shot by shot super in depth but then one would miss out on you know a vital part of the conversation which is what we're having here and i'm just lamenting that it seems like we can't do both um Maybe kind of just given this format i'm just does that make sense like, yeah, i think we could do a shot by shot and be like oh he so he does this but this is just a redirection because he thinks we're going to talk about this but then we do this and this, 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 and then we come back to this, and he acknowledges that, and that's funny. Well, yeah, it would take a bunch of viewings, too, to if yeah. you wanted to do it. That yeah, a lot and of also, um, have you felt this way about other movies we've talked about? Yeah, all the time. Le much more so about this one, right? Like, most of the films we've talked about so far, there's a, a very clear and relevant connection. Well, I think they're just easier to talk about visually and stuff. Like, editing is just harder to talk about than composition yeah. and framing and, and, and imagery like that and this is just like the tour de force of editing if i've ever seen one um so mm -hmm. i think that's particularly what's difficult but i always feel this way like i always want to do like a shot by shot because i feel like so much goes untalked about and i think this was like really felt in like dogville where we really there's just so much to talk about and just so little time and like that's something like i don't know it just i don't even know what i'm saying other than like it would be fun to do a shot by shot and really talk about everything. Cause it seems like when you watch it, so much is jumping out, so much is occurring and it's all quite relevant. Um, hmm. I don't know what I'm saying other than the obvious 
a two-hour podcast is not the perfect format to totally unearth <laughs> a, a great work of art. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, totally, it's a two-hour podcast. A, a two-hour audio podcast isn't the greatest format to talk about shot-by-shot visual <laughs> yeah, like analysis visual of medium. a movie. Yeah, podcast is for right. first-time viewers also. We've seen it once. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I, I know that it, what came at me was fast and fun, but geez, like, I don't know. I'd be I'd shot by shot. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't have much to add without seeing it a bunch of times. I think because because you're trying to contextualize it. You're trying to say that this shot did this and this and this was important for this build up later sooner and yeah. I'm just saying I'm like, noticing tons yeah. of things. Yeah. That like Brody said, turns out a podcast isn't the best way to have a non podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> podcast is canceled. I want to say. Just to say, what uh, to attempt the the futile, uh, just what the film like is like or whatever. Watching it, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have. Let's go. I don't know if, don't know if you guys have uh, been to like a really good magic show before, like and and like. No, I'm serious yeah, no, though. I'm like like a serious. I mean, and I mean, yeah. The same thing goes for like a really good like play or just any kind of live performance where there's where it's a performance there's like a performer and and you uh there's like a point when you realize that you've totally bought into this persona that they're they're putting out and 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 then they're like well look at this and you're like well that probably isn't what it is and then you watch it disappear or something and and you don't care like you just are just so excited to kind of be a part of the performance and participate and I think that that is, and, and the, I don't know, clearly Wells is aware of this, like, because all the talk of magicians and the whole magic trick at the beginning, and and he talks a lot about, uh, I mean, I think Wells at core is very much like an actor and a performer, like, and you mm-hmm. see this in like his interviews, like any, any thing yeah. that you see of Wells, he is very much giving off, like, just, just, uh, like radiating some kind of uh persona and performer and the thing is is you don't think of him as being like oh this is fake like this guy's just putting on some kind of like like uh, this guy's just so self-absorbed into his ego or whatever like no it's like you you enjoy the you enjoy the trickery you enjoy his uh playing of himself mm-hmm. and so yeah i think that's that's really what makes it like so fun is that and then he uses and then the magic tricks or whatever of the film are all uh are all uh um is done in the the editing like foremost steven you have something i also have something i was going to say a long time ago uh this movie is to try and do the futile and totally i think this is exactly what john is saying 100 percent this movie is exactly like watching The Bachelor, like with all the girls <laughs> on the couch. What? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually want to build up what John is saying, just to take it further. You know, if this is just a tour de force of editing, you know, what is editing other than like the manipulation and like orchestration of attention? And mm-hmm. um, like a magician, right? not like a child whose attention truly is manipulated um but like an adult who understands right it's a show and 
sort of half gives in to the manipulation so as to enjoy the performance and be, you know, grabbed by it, but also resists, you know, the total manipulation. And it's, it, it is very much like that. And, uh, but this idea of like the manipulation of attention and the person who controls it and the person, the editor, the God, the director, especially in the context of a document documentary where it's all real, I don't know, just really slots in nicely with the content of like experts as the arbitrators of attention and an art as the object of attention in the thing, which is like self-edited so as to manipulate your attention on it and within it and all these different things like uh i agree totally with the with the magician thing i mean i think that's like what was what the expectation wells sets out to establish in like the first sequence but also uh just sort of connecting it to the actual content of what your attention is being manipulated towards would you happen to know if this um film made any like sort of progress or changes or had any originality mm. super in original. it's in its editing style yeah, yeah. there's nothing like it baby first yeah of its i mean kind. i mean yeah and like it was not very well received uh like it oh. yeah it was not is not yeah. well received it was not a commercial success commercially not well received within the upper echelons of Paris, it was a big success <laughs> you know this is this might totally flop, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So there was a a bunch of scenes where, like, it would, like, pause on somebody's face for a little bit. You know what I'm referring to? Yeah, like yeah. freeze frames. Yeah, like freeze frames. And it was specifically, like, the freeze frame onto, like, somebody's face. And I remember I was making, when I was making videos as a child, I would do something very similar in my little Windows Movie Maker. And I was and I was thinking about like where it is that I picked up on that sort of idea and that sort of like filming style, and uh, if that was something that is original to the film to some capacity, or if you know, or if that was maybe a pioneer, and that um, it sort of resonated throughout film and became part of like the filmic language that i ended up picking up on i mean like maybe uh, wells wasn't being original rather it was picking up on something pioneered by you in your right <laughs> yeah maybe maybe I, I mean i i don't know if i can speak to to the kind of historical uh like use of like freeze frames really but i i think the 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 real innovation or whatever that's going on is the whole metafictional thing uh, which the freeze frame is definitely a part of the toolkit to do so. Like it, like every time there's a freeze frame, it's calling attention to the editing. Which I mean, obviously, like French New Wave, which I'm not super familiar with. Like it's famous for like uh, calling attention to the fact that you're watching a film and blah blah blah, and like has this metafictional element. But I think that like what Wells is doing is so extreme because the narrative that's being followed is i don't know with other things that like try to call attention to the editing and stuff and the fact that you're watching something like manufactured by the by the director um like with like trier or whatever he does this quite a lot what he tries to do is try to create some kind of like tension between the two um and then try to get you to still buy the realness of the narrative um 
while still being aware that it's edited or something or like Hanukkah like as well. Silencio. Yeah, Club Silencio like with Lynch and and all this like this is all yeah, it's to create some kind of tension and I think that it does the same thing that Wells does with this, but Wells is um I I think that the new the new part of the form is like this completely abandoning of any kind of immersion in the narrative uh by conventional like means or whatever which you still have in a lot in like club silencio and mall and drive and like uh like dancer in the dark blah 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 um so yeah i don't know i don't know i mean i don't know exactly what the innovation is but it has something to do with that well i mean i can't think of i mean i don't know every film but Right, which in, I mean, this is the first film that I'm aware of where the story takes place in the editing room. I mean, we're constantly reminded of the fact that multiple films have taken place. There's the film, there's the film just of Wells' narration. There's the film shot by, oh, I feel bad for not knowing this guy's name. Reichenbach. The other, we just call him Derek. His name is Reichenbach. <laughs> Reichenbach. Yes, that's his last name. There's the name. film shot by Reichenbach, and then there's the film shot with Wells and Reichenbach when they return to Ibiza. And like we're constantly Ibiza. going in and out of these monitors, Ibiza, Ibiza, <laughs> e pizza. There's we're constantly going, you know, like right. We, we're Wells in the monitor, Wells in the editing room, dictating to us the story, and then the camera comes in on one of the monitors, right? And we see all the editing and blah blah blah. And we come out of that monitor and go into a different monitor to check in on a different film, and it's. The story is taking place in the editing room as Wells is synthesizing all these films into one story as told through editing. And it's like, yeah, just what John is saying, like there's, I can't think of a single moment other than possibly the Chartres, but even then you're not like, it's all so unreal and edited. And, you know, there's never a moment where you're not aware of the fact that you're watching this super edited, curated essay presentation thing. So I think that's what's new. Like I can't think of a film that takes yeah. in the editing. Room. Yeah, versus versus a lot of the time when something like that that calls attention to the fact that you're watching a film, it's like a break and then it pulls you back in or something like that, right? Like as opposed to this, it's like a constant awareness, or or maybe the the breaking of the well, your um, suspension of disbelief or whatever is like, and you're going back into it is like extremely short and fragmented as opposed to normally like with like club silencia or whatever in mahalan drive it's like this pinnacle moment of of uh the breaking of immersion but you know something that's like different about this is that in some sense like it really is a documentary and a documentary is always going to have like the awareness of it being filmed element to it yeah you know because they're always going to be like looking at the camera and things like that um which is a lot different than you know french new wave and other self-referential um types of films because they're breaking the fourth wall and other things um in something that is attempting to be strictly a narrative so like i'd I almost want to like refrain from giving it like too much like self-referential credit because of its documentary style. Well, even though it is very different in the sense that like 
you there is the editing room and yeah. there's those scenes where um they're like you know the the door will close and you see the mirror with the cameras and things like that so like it it does Pen take it the, like a step further the, the pan to the to the other director or whatever the yeah crew. right yeah. right so it does take Hello. it a step further but but documentaries already have that yeah that well, I think I think the thing is, is that it's it's a documentary and like so obviously there's awareness that it's being filmed, that there's somebody behind the camera, somebody editing it. But then the he then makes you aware of them. It's like some kind of higher. It's like it's OK. Yeah, Troy, yeah. go. Yeah, you I, mean, say what like, I'm to say. I don't think it's ever even pretending to be a documentary. If anything, it's like a documentary about a documentary. Like one yeah, of the it's films the film is a documentary about... one of the films is some type of like weird narration just to the audience and the other is like a documentary about the documentary and mm -hmm. like yeah like it's it's hilarious like like you see them at the table there's a scene where it's irving talking to that swedish woman or swiss woman who like committed some kind of financial crimes in association with the hoax with the jeez what is the airplane Howard guy's Hughes. Name? Hughes? anyway yeah and we see the camera right there, and they're paused, and then we hear him say, go. And then he says, and he starts acting like it's, like he doesn't know cameras are there, like it's a documentary, you know what I mean? He's like, did you ever think Elmir could do all those paintings, you know? So you've got, like, real people acting like actors, uh, and they don't seem to know it. Mm -hmm. Or something like this. Um yeah, and all the dudes. Oh yeah, like like and all the dudes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's looking at Oya. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, that, yeah. He yeah, said yeah. he says it explicitly. Yeah, he says he says something like they don't realize that they're the best. They're actors acting their heads off. Acting. Yeah, it's like yeah. all actors except for one, and they don't even realize they're acting their heads off for us. Blah blah blah. And also in that sequence, Oya Kodar is exchanged with the. So her real name isn't Oya Kodar, but whatever. Oya Kodar's sister gets swapped in for Oya Kodar, center frame on camera, and we don't even realize it. Uh, which is just sort of funny. Yeah, maybe, maybe you yeah, don't. Anyway, just to say that I think that... <laughs> I don't think it falls prey to this thing like, speaking of The Bachelor, like, you don't believe it for a second because they're all... There's like, they're in a huge... They're on like a soundstage, you know? And it's like... Uh, whereas here, it's much more about the documentary and then to sort of try and tie back to what john was saying about this self-referential nature and like and, and contrasting it to like other films that reference themselves it seems like those films like the more classically narrative ones bring attention to the filmic nature so as to bring your attention to something in the film right like the idea like it'll point out some particular filmic element and that element relates to the content of the narrative. Whereas here, the attention is always trying to bring your attention on the fact that your attention is being manipulated. Uh, which maybe I suppose does the same thing if, if, if I want to say like the whole thing is about attention. Right? Like it, it wants to bring attention to the editing so as to bring attention to like uh, the way attention is manipulated with respect to art and things like this. So. Okay, that was pretty unclear and rambly. And I started <laughs> off saying I was going to say the opposite of what I ended up saying. I'll leave that. I'll just let that float away. All right. Good try. I've Thank been you. duped. You've, you've just duped us all. I've literally yeah. been duped. You charlatan. I'm a charlatan. Now I hate the film.
When he's eating the lobster and the waiter takes it away and says, <laughs> oh, and bring me the steak, au revoir. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Just the whole so, thing is so funny. And when he's so in the Richard, restaurant. His name was Richard, too. He's like, Richard. 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 Yeah, Richard. I'll, I'll have the steak, Richard. Yeah. yeah. And, he's, <laughs> and he's in the restaurant while he's telling the story, but the restaurant he's in keeps changing from shot to shot. And the, the setting, like, it's meant, I think it's meant to imply some continuity. Like, he's in one restaurant telling you something. Like it's cutting, it's supposed to be ba- cutting back and forth between him with his friends in the restaurant and the story he's talking about. But the restaurant he's in keeps changing with each thing and new groups of people around him. Yeah. Does you know uh, what I'm talking about? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, another moment in the restaurant that I love is when the waiter like set, like comes up and says something and then he edits it to make it oh. look like he's like including the waiter and like telling him something. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, there's he acts like yeah. he actually has been interrupted by the waiter. Yeah, and the waiter like sits there and like reacts to what he's saying and stuff, <laughs> even though clearly it's like edited. Yeah. And oh, the gosh. the uh, yeah, I love um. Oh shoot, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, there's so many moments of just blatant voiceover, like in yeah. the opening sequence. Like there's a close up of him saying something. And his lips are moving, and the audio is just not what he's saying, like at all. You yeah, fucked it up there, truly. <laughs> yeah, dude, he messed job. it up. Yeah, what an idiot. Yeah, what? <laughs> I couldn't have uh, that. Do you think? Okay, the real question, the one that's on everyone's mind, obviously, is: Could you get with Oyakodar? Well, okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's at the forefront of everyone's mind all the time. Uh, the wine was it an accident? When he spilled oh, it, you think on that the, was an accident? Yeah. And then they just used it, and then they just put it in, and then they ah, show shit. it like four times, five times. <laughs> so funny. It yeah. becomes the motif of like erasing, kind of. It's like they show the spilled wine. And he's like, anyways, you know, and then it moves on to yeah. some other. Thing. And he yeah. says it before it happens too. He's like, here. Oh, he's like just literally describing what's on the screen. He's like, oh, we have a map. Oh, and we're gonna spill this wine here. Yeah. And, and, and here on this little circled island, that's where the story takes place. Right. It'd be so yeah. funny if uh, the wine was an accident. I mean, if it, 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 fuck it. Yeah, whether it was an accident or not, I I like the yeah. uh, kind of calling attention to the idea of like things happening that uh, weren't planned for or whatever, and then them being manipulated in the editing room to mean something, which is like, yeah, I mean, some kind of comment on like the i mean how we narrativize yeah uh, everything yeah magician never neg- reveals his secrets a negative review says rambling incoherent mess <laughs> this might be the most painful thing i've ever seen i don't know where to start i realized it was a long time ago and that wells is quite a character he sure did eat a lot in this doc huh. <laughs> jeez honest, the drama wasn't a wor- wasn't worthy of the subject unless you really need a nap don't rent this are these are so, these one star so people Amazons? are picking up on that these are, like these, a, are yeah. these are people who refuse to one star amazon and one star amazon yeah, yeah these are, are the best these people refuse to so I don't know. They're the they're the person who you go to show a card trick and they try to and they try to figure out what <laughs> oh. you're doing by like getting a different angle at what you're looking at or right. something. They they go and they're like they pick miss a card out on and the they like point. pick the one it's at not the magic. end. Yeah, they miss out on right. the they miss out on the whole point. Yeah, people. Oh gosh. Yeah, people. I mean, yeah. There's a um, 
There's one, or, one star. Just like says, unwatchable. That <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if it was in this essay that uh, you linked Troy or somewhere else, or if it was in the Peter Bogdanovich like little interview yeah. or whatever on it. But he said something about like watching the film that oh yeah it was the peter bogdanovich thing he said something about like if you don't buy into the film and uh, and like give yourself over to the film that you're gonna have a terrible time watching it and you're just gonna be lost and disinterested but that if you fully buy into the illusion or whatever like allow wells to take you on the ride then it's like a super enjoyable film and i think that um I mean the same the same thing with the magic trick or whatever like the person who thinks that the point of the magic trick is to figure out that it's fake as opposed to like buying into the illusion or whatever that the, that you buying into the illusion is uh that you like getting the actual experience of the piece of art or the magic trick or whatever it is is contingent on you um buying into that and like giving yourself up to it yeah, yeah like, don't, but when you only when you only give yourself up to an artist had they already been accepted by the filmic community by like by the commodification you know by i hesitate to use this but like the the big other you know like it, like isn't that part of the commentary of the film is like you'll only like you'll only participate in it if you have like proof that it is what yeah, so like, what you know, it's I'll, promising like to be or something come up to you on the street and like give yeah. you a dvd like you're not gonna you're not gonna interact <laughs> with it in the same way if it was you know fucking bergman or something mm-hmm. just to add a little to john like yeah like you give you know be a little boy and give wells your object your attention yeah give him the key that would definitely be my advice to someone <laughs> Yeah, that would My be the advice to, to any art, like... right? Any art in general. Like in what? general that would be the case. Like oh, if for you're sure. what like if even if you're showing like someone a fucking kids kids movie, you know, like a 16-year-old's home film, like, you know, just give it give it a chance, right? Uh and not just in the sense obviously if it's like super low quality, you're it's going to be difficult to do it, but more like give it a chance as opposed to immediately thinking that oh, it's just this 16-year-old's home film, it can't be that good. Like, give it as much chance as possible, right? For uh, sure. Give this I'm podcast sort of, a chance. Yeah, and give this, just like this podcast, give it a chance. <laughs> no, but I, think, I think there's a little difference between what John and I are saying of like versus like um, giving it the benefit of the doubt and like putting some faith in it so as to extract what it might have to offer. Um, just about the way in which like uh, just a specific commentary on attention in this film and like if you if you come into it trying to keep track of everything it's not going to be a good time versus like just let just like moment like moment to moment just let it happen to you as opposed to like trying to like keep a grip on what's happening otherwise it's just going to be a whirlwind of impossible to keep track of information bible quote time Oh, let's go. Assuredly, I say to you, unless you change and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. So based. Yeah. So true, actually. And there's like, no, there's like, no, 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 no. Unironically, though, like, I mean, it's funny, <laughs> but like, there's, there's, there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about like making yourself uh, like unto a child or whatever in order to. Just like Nietzsche. Yeah. Oh wait, it's, dude! This is like this Lacanian idea. It says, "Be like a child." <laughs> you like go to heaven. Stinky, poopoo stinky. Or it's like that poopy stinky quote, Tarkovsky. <laughs> you know, the child, the child is like a little tree. 
Yeah. Old man it's like returns. It's like the that poo poo stinky quote. Obviously based, John. I think that I love feeling like a little baby when I'm watching a movie. Unironically. Yeah. I feel like Submit. it's just such a yeah, just such a return to like childhood when you're watching a good movie. Well, I wanna I suck on my well, thumb usually. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> if it's really good, I'll find myself. I'm still a little bit stuck on thumb. this whole like <laughs> giving yourself up thing. Okay, so like like you, you imagine like you interact with some piece of art and like you didn't you don't get it or you're confused but it is like seen by the doesn't the community. happen to me. It's seen by the community <laughs> as this is great. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. Continue. So then so then at Wait, that point at that say? point <laughs> what did I say? Wait, who Brody are you John? asking? Brody, Brody. Yeah. Th- so yeah, you no. you you're interacting with some piece of art and like you don't really get it or you're confused. Can you talk and a little louder? I can't really hear you. There, you're confused and like there's not. <laughs> Seriously, no. Wait, I'm thank confused. You. And, <laughs> and you're confused. You're confused and like there's <laughs> not like you feel like you don't really like get it, right? And like maybe you're even bored by it or you know it doesn't look good to you or some shit. <laughs> but but it's seen by the community <laughs> as a whole that it's like <laughs> I don't know what's so funny dude. I think, Troy, so I think it's just a feedback loop between you and Troy right now buddy I don't get it <laughs> what? I no I can't hear you Troy I can't hear Troy <laughs> so so, so god damn it alright for all the viewers Brody and Troy are just dying laughing right now so right, I'm, st- I'm, done. I'm done. I'm sorry. So that you would interact with that piece of art differently had some bum or child given this to you. You you would be trying to like you'd be trying to like bum or child. child. I like I have a bum child. <laughs> so, so, so you know and you wouldn't be you wouldn't be like you'd be most it would it would be easy to discard the bum child's piece of art rather than fucking godard's piece of art um maybe if you're whack yeah so like you know and then you'd be you'd be more inclined to like mine for ideas in in the other one compared to the other one (laughs) yeah but i don't see the point here I, well, the point the point I mean, I is, is that the is that true. the other and and the other that being what you could even consider the commodification, which is definitely part of it, is still is is like necessary, and plays a role in your interaction with what the art is. It, it's not just, just commodification. Yeah, not I'm not saying it's just a commodification. I'm saying, but I'm saying the commodification, as at least you know, especially these days in like a modern world. That. No, no. Well, I think you're talking about uh-huh. reputation, and then that becomes commodified, maybe. Sure. sure. But I, I would, for instance, watch uh, a short film Troy makes. Thank you. Who has no esteem to his like name as far as the community. Yeah, the bum child like Troy goes. But I would be more interested in watching a short film Troy makes than like you know some bum child. But that, and so I would give a little bit more uh, benefit of the doubt to Troy, perhaps. But I think ideal, and I mean that's, you know. That's reasonable. I mean, it's just because I know who Troy is, I know what he's about, and I know there's some sort of uh, essence about Troy, right? Yeah, but, really good one. And I know nothing about the bum child. Now, ideally, when you're watching the bum child, I mean, you should be giving it as much the benefit of the doubt as you can. You know, the bum child piece, you know? 
uh, you. Which is an issue of time. Yeah, it's hmm. time. if you if you if you if you had eternal life, presumably the right thing to do would be to watch every work of art as if it were made by God Himself. You just can't do that. I mean, it, it just seems like, uh, am I missing? I mean, I I get that well, there's a good like, point here, I'm, but it also I, is just I'm like having, it's a matter of I'm time. having this I'm having this idea. I'm having this idea in my mind that that as my dad would say, uh oh, it's almost (laughs) it's 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 almost impossible to interact with it in the same way, and it's because of this reputation. Yeah, well, why should you? And then, in some sense, there is this like feedback loop for like artists and things like that. You know, almost like you know, like uh, any sort of thing that becomes like popular, even you know. yeah, I think popularity I think we, begets more popularity. Right, I think that. And like, there's, and there's and not only that, but yeah, I don't. Know, I just, I just don't. I, I don't super buy this idea that you could be given a piece of art with no reputation and have the capability of interacting it, interacting with it the same way as somebody with a reputation. Um, you know, I feel like you're always going to be giving the other one more credit. Maybe you. I don't know. If if Troy made this film, I would be fucking blown away. Yeah. Like and I would I would really be talking about the same things towards the end of the film, I think. I and not only that, I would have more like you know, there'd be something uh you know, there'd be this new quality about the this new artist, you know, this new artist's greatness, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brody, I think imagine I mean, um, I think what you're saying is certainly more true about formats and mediums which are particularly inaccessible to the normie. Like, like, I mean, it's just as, you know, like Renaissance painting, I'm a normie. I don't, you know, right. I, yeah. I couldn't distinguish between the greatest Renaissance painting and one that's just pretty good. And, but it, but I am a world's foremost expert on impressionism, and there, you know, mm-hmm. I know what's going on. Anyway, I'm just a joke, but I think you're right about this sort of popularity begets popularity and benefit of the doubt begets benefit of the doubt. But if some bum child handed you a Blu-ray disc that had F for fake on it, and you at least hit play, dude, there's no way it's not going to blow you away. It's no, it would fucking <laughs> blow you away. Just imagine, like, a homeless kid, like, walking up to you yeah, in the yeah, street and, like, better. handing you Orson a Blu-ray. Wilson walks up to me in the street. Yeah, you know, yeah. some fucking fat guys like, hey, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. check out my mixtape. Some, some fat 10 year old. Check out my tape, you know? And he gives you, yeah, he gives you effort fake. Like, you know, you'll never be the same. So there's obviously okay. quality here that's inescapable. Or, and the, you know. Do, okay, you so do you agree? Do you agree? Do you agree at all that, um, like, part of a quality about something comes from its reputation of course or do you think or do you think like reputation is strictly from the quality of the art i mean it depends yeah yeah not strictly i mean look at you know yeah no there's countless films or other things where or or you look at academy awards and things like contemporary academy awards and you think ah well well, no i mean so it's not the right lane and yet they have great reputations within some sphere right and they're mm-hmm. winning awards, and yet there's clearly some quality that's lacking. Yeah, and then, I mean, and then everyone's mom will talk about how awesome that movie was. I mean, yeah, there's some kind of like, uh, like the culture built around certain things or whatever, like the and what gets socially 
like um approved or whatever is like kind of socially ranked as being the best of this medium or whatever of this artist or who's the best artist like obviously there's going to be like imperfection at different scales or whatever depending on like what the culture values in this but like the the, the idea is is that there's certain groups of people in certain social spheres that will have will be um have some kind of balance of like appreciation of from like this childlike perspective and what their peers think or something like this yeah i mean Mm -hmm. it seems like there's lots of examples of films whose reputation totally precedes them like 2001 right like this seems like a, a totally emblematic film who has a fan base who loves to be seen loving it Right, right, but and at that also point, well, incredible film. Yeah, and but when I see this thing that like clearly like has this like aura around it of like if you like this, you are now legit. You you like good art, yeah. and like yeah. at that point is when I become I become skeptical, you know, uh-huh. and of at least how good it actually is oh for sure but then and then but then like i sort of then get in my own head when approaching the piece of art about like you know not giving myself up to it completely and being you know a skeptic mm-hmm. and uh that's a problem well, i should talk to somebody well, we've, had this, <laughs> we've had this conversation before you you and i disagree i think in that you suspect that giving it the benefit like that you will fool yourself into liking a movie more than it deserves. Whereas I think you should approach, you know, if you're going to devote the time to actually engaging with some art, you should give it the full benefit of the doubt. And if it doesn't deserve it, it will become a way, like that will be clear yeah, to you. But, but even Whereas that, I think even you, that you're worried about liking something more than you should. Well, even that I'm skeptical of is like, it, like if I have given myself up something to completely mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm actually looking at a fraud, I'm looking at a fake. Uh-huh. Then, you know, like what? What am I exactly? Like, maybe like had I approached it perhaps differently, with skeptically, then I would be able to discern between the greats and the non greats. What, what does that get you? Yeah, you. I mean, you, if, you, if you if you feel that the fake is great, I think it's done no harm to you, and you've done nothing but received some joy. Yeah, like, be skeptical the, the, later. There's a good to it. Like, I think, uh, for instance, the whole that's why this whole question of, like, is fakery good or bad um, that we were talking about earlier. I mean, I think clearly, you know, you could make the case that, oh, the grandfather who, from the film, obviously I'm not talking, um, the grandfather who produces the next phase of Picasso and everybody enjoys it and he's provided so much pleasure to the world. I think that in itself is, like, for the people enjoying the art in the museum, if it's good art and it speaks to them and they enjoy it, there's no problem to that, you know? Like, there's no worry that it's from a fake and i think that's fine and there shouldn't be a worry that it's from a fake instead the art should be you know i mean like i suppose if you're enjoyment of the art is the biography of picasso and then you associate the biography of picasso to these people or to these pieces then there's a problem but if your enjoyment of the art is beyond just the biography of picasso then it's totally fine i think it's okay um which i think ideally your enjoyment of art should be beyond just the biography of the artist but i think that that can play a role too um but my point being that if you're so if you were sold a fake and you really like the fake, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think 
yeah, it's, the, it's not like the nature of fakeness isn't on you. It's on the creator. It, you know, you don't have to worry about if it's a fraud piece or not. You just enjoy it or not. Yeah, that's what I, mean, I was going to say is that the, 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 the problem that we were discussing earlier, like the problem with the fakery is only with the artist who's making it. Like it, yeah, yeah it becomes, right. it's like, it's yeah, the right. subjective sac- self-actualization problem. If anything, you would want to watch Step Brothers and have a transcendental, <laughs> a trans, a transcendent, transcendent experience, experience. Yeah. a transcendent, profound experience, you know, in which you derive great value. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I wish, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If no, and that happens sometimes. Okay. Like people, people have their little yeah. guilty pleasures, and yeah. a guilty pleasure isn't actually something to be ashamed about. Of course, we say it that way, but it's totally fine. And like people have those transcendent experiences with little things all the time. You know, it makes me. Cry I mean, every it's, time. it's. I think, but it's worth mentioning that these things, like people have an idea of what is a guilty pleasure of something that they find fantastic, but they understand to like right. maybe not be as right. good, or or right. or culturally yeah. is like. Yeah, punch that idea. Yeah, it's cringe. But of course course you're right. That that is yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I mean I think like maybe don't fuck that idea just because it's such a an idea. It it is something that is like within the within the ethos of like un like common like thought amongst interacting with pieces of art. It's a bad idea. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. Elf makes me cry every time. Elf is awesome. Like if someone enjoys The Bachelor, uh, I mean, like, like wait, 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 wait. Yeah, this is this is we're we're entering too far. Yeah, too far. You're taking this too far. No, but I'm not right. I'm not obviously. Like, there's cases where people will just enjoy something, and I mean, like, uh, is it great art? I mean, it doesn't even matter if they think it is or isn't. The you know they're just enjoying it. If they if the the they're for them to say it's great art, you would hope that there's some similarity of what great art means to you and now that doesn't mean that we both see the same things as great art but rather the experience of what great art is should be similar so if someone watched the bachelor and they like cried at times and felt this rush of like meaning and and, like fulfillment of life or like this investigation of this certain aspect of human subjectivity that washed over them and they loved it the way you would with a certain film that you enjoy so the way that troy might cry for elf like these pleasures are on the receiver they're not on the, uh, so if uh, but it's still piece. fair to it's still if, fair if, to say that uh, like they're they've been tricked like from right. the, like like from the perspective of the beholder you know enjoy the beauty you can get but right. for me watching someone uh, you know bawling at the bachelor I think it's fair for me to say wrong no. Like taste so, okay. is no, I'm I'm not on like some like total relativism of taste. No, I'm not. But I'm saying that I mean art can be uh, ranked hierarchically. You can say something is great art versus not. I don't agree with this whole like you know one then this then this then this. You know. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But totally. clearly you can separate things into categories. But for that, you're really just going to be appealing to one your subjectivity, two the subjectivities of lots of people. Like I don't think you can get beyond this. Now, no, 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 I'm sure. right, and so, and I think that both ideas are compatible. You can say that because the bachelor doesn't include this transcendent experience for so many people, and that you are an oddball if you think you're having a transcendent art-filled experience. Even the people who like the bachelor would not say that it's great art. Yeah. You know, the people who like the bachelor 
I'm, what I'm describing about this bachelor person is this very oddball person who says that they had a transcendent experience yeah. while watching The Bachelor. Yeah. And for that, I don't think they've been faked. I mean, I think that it was associated with their entire life experience and some sort of uh, yeah. everything going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 I'm. I'm. We're agreeing. I'm saying. Okay. It's it's right to acknowledge the legitimacy of their transcendent experience insofar as they claim it to be. It's also legitimate to be like, yeah, but The Bachelor is uh, like entertainment garbage. So would you say that, so somebody comes up to you and be like, I think the greatest film ever made is Inception. Uh-huh. And I, I've i seen Godard, I've, I've seen Bergman, and like those things that, I don't I don't like those things so much. The Inception uh-huh. is is the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Like, would you I think not... I'm, I think I'm talking to the mirror. Well, <laughs> would you not... And honestly, would you not like think of them as like less sophisticated, or you know, as as in some way lesser taste? I wouldn't. I I would see them as just we have like obviously totally different subjectivities. Now, I mean, now the problem aspect is that there'd be such a difference that I would look down probably to some degree, but I don't think that that's like good, and I don't think that's necessary. That's just something that happens. Um, based on like my relationships with people, but there's tons of people who can be both. I think, uh, like Roger Ebert is somebody who mm-hmm. for all his, for all his faults was still like a man of the people as well, you know, like, so he yeah. might not see that, 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 or a similar, a similar movie comparison, maybe not Inception, but you know, like he wouldn't see that person as lower than him. He would, he would like love to talk about that movie a little bit, you know, because yeah. he's a man of the people. He gave now, Paul Blair a high score. Right, right. So I think it's on my on my on my end. I might look a little down on them, but I wouldn't think that they're uh, like so grossly wrong. It's more like there's such a clear difference between them and I. Like I don't actually see that as less than though. Uh, uh, I don't consciously see it as less than, but I'm sure I would interact with them as if their tastes were less than. Yeah, I think I'd have a similar feeling. And then to put it maybe just to add something, I I think I usually see it as like our interests lie elsewhere, like. You know, yeah. so, you know, like if I want to, is imbue the right word? Uh, sort of assume they have like all the proper faculties and things like this, then it would just be like, well, our, our interests lie elsewhere and my interests are better, but I'm not better. Hmm. I sort of said that tongue in cheek, the audience can't see my funny face, but. Uh, you know, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like that's, but that's, you're saying that's effectively, like that's how you would interact with them, that you would have this feeling that you're better that your tastes are better but they overall like ultimately you're not like yeah i just don't think you're not superior to them it's no i'm not obviously not superior in any way and i don't think sophistication sophistication is definitely not the right word um well so but the thing is like there is this like cultural like phenomenon of the idea of a more sophisticated more adult form of taste and you could even take it like literally like people who drink whiskey and people who drink like their coffee black like it is generally considered to be like a more sophisticated sophisticated way of indulging in these you know types of things and it's 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 definitely a thing you know no it's super a thing yeah and it's really uncomfortable to interact with people or it's like oh movie boy troy's coming in oh hey troy we just went and saw, you know, Transformers. What do you think? <laughs> and it's like really uncomfortable because everyone already thinks that I think I'm better than them or something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Or it's like some weird uncomfortable situation and I really just want to be like, 
Transformers is awesome. Like, it's sick. You know, it's doing what it tries to do and all these things. I'm interested in a certain kind of film because I'm interested in a certain kind of topic. And uh, I think inherent inherent to being interested in something is some... That was really good. What did I say? Imparent? Imparent. Yeah, that was really good. That was so good. In mommy, what the hell does that mean? No, inherent to being interested in something is asserting a preference as like a value, right? It's like I'm interested, <laughs> you know, in the human condition or something lofty. And it's like inherent is like I think it's more important. Or I think it's more valuable a way to spend time than being interested in uh, like robots or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, well, the, the well, social like, community. Look, even the way, even the way you, even the way you put look, that, yeah. I honestly think was in some sense like looking down upon them and like maybe you say like oh well i'm only looking down upon them within my own subjectivity because i think like my you know well, no, well, yeah, or some I'm, shit no, like what that what i'm but... saying is there's and, no and there's even... no escaping value preferences right and then i can say of course i value something different from you but that's not that is held at the same time with i think the thing i value is better than the thing you value if right. it is I, the case, I don't value what they value. I I, re- I really think that there's something to be said for like this cultural understanding of what is considered to be like higher high values, mm-hmm. and and I and I think that is demonstrated in the fact that like somebody can come up to you like, oh hey movie boy Troy, I just saw Transformers. What do you think? Like, there's an understanding, even within themselves, that there is something not quite as sophisticated about Transformers compared to, you know, some other shit. And in the same sense that, like, Black Coffee and is considered to be, like, the staple of, like, a maturity and or of, a, like, a mature way to, like, mm-hmm. like drink coffee. Yeah, I just don't think, I mean, I agree that this idea exists. But I don't think it's right or accurate, and certainly sophistication is not tied in. I mean, yeah, black coffee. I I don't like that idea. Yeah, itself, black like, coffee isn't even sophisticated. I don't know. There, yeah, there's yeah. Of course, it's a cultural thing, and people want to come off as sophisticated and intelligent and highbrow. Uh, but I think it's just a it's just like a question us. of value and beauty. Like I see. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Like I I, I think there's something to be said. That like almost everybody can like understand that this is at least. What are you saying like, that there yeah, is to be get, said? Yeah. What? Well, like we agree. Imagine, we like, agree. Like, it is this way. But what do you? Right. But like you're uh, saying, you don't like it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, imagine you're you're like making a character, like you're writing a, a book, and you want to like make this character to be some like ultra like mature or like ultra like manly type figure. Uh-huh. Like you might have right. them like Cultural, drinking like yeah, black gonna, coffee or like right. having a cigar. Or, you know sure. things like that, and well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't want like, yeah. to like undervalue, like what it is that the culture is trying to say, like you know, and to say to throw out the idea that is like so culturally embedded. I think is a mistake. What about to say that it's just wrong or that it like doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's something you shouldn't try to live man. by. I mean, look at Lafice. This is a depiction mm-hmm. of a man I think is far more great and lofty and you know i don't like this word right now but sophisticated right and he is a surface like culturally unsophisticated guy mm-hmm. 
Okay. I'm just uh, saying. And, I, no, and I, I agree. Well, there's something to it, and I, you know, I think there is something more sophisticated about drinking black coffee than just drowning it in sugar. Uh, but like, this isn't to discount. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, there, there, are, there's, a, there's definitely a cultural. Conception I mean, well, there's, some, there's something, there's something to be said. No. There's something to be said because they like when you start drinking coffee, it's much, much easier to drink. And most people, when most people start drinking it, it's like, it's loaded with like sugar and, you know, and cream and things like that and make it easier to go down. And then like, as you age, you're able to sort of like reduce those things and then begin to drink it black. You know, it's sort of an acquired taste. And it it is a literal sign of like, you know, progress to some capacity. And you could even say the same thing for like films. Like you, when you're a child, you mostly are watching, you know, like Pixar films, you're watching Transformers. And then as you get older, you know, you start to acquire the taste of these sort of other films. So, like, there is something, like, even literal about the term, uh, even. But what's, the end, yeah. but what's the end point here? What's the end point? Like, I don't even I mean, didn't the start, you were saying there's something to be said. Yeah. You were saying... Yeah, like, I, I agree. In, wait, sorry, what are you saying, Tanner? Like, how it well, influences like, you as the viewer. Isn't that how it started? Yeah, like reputation or something. Yeah, like because you like you used to say you say you want to like punch that idea out like like it's bad, but yeah, you shouldn't like, live by it. Yeah, you should try your best to not live by that. I think it obviously exists. I still stand by that. Yeah, don't let it. Be yeah, it seems as the more you become like I don't familiar, think I should want to look down on somebody for watching Transformers. It's not po- it's want to, right? But and not just not want to, but I don't think it's good to. And so but maybe in, I in say I'm, say in your own life, like may you want to acquire the more sophisticated quotations form of indulgence, you know, like because you know people people like will like want to to like start to drink um like nice whiskey, what nice wh- aged whiskey, and they'll start to do it, and they don't even like it at first, but they have like this idea of what it is that they want to become in it's yeah it's interesting how that's even People the case people want to become something but, but then I still but, just don't get the point well, I, I think but I then agree. but you could say that like once they actually acquire the taste that there's something even like like it's yes it's even better right once they actually get through that difficult process better than anything else that they could have been drinking beforehand had they have been less sophisticated and you could even say mm-hmm. that it's like part of the arduous process of trying to actually get to that okay point Okay, yeah, but okay, so yeah, but it depends on how you frame the like situation. So, like, it depends on like your conception of like utility and why you're doing what you're doing. Like, to make it analogous to just any game, you know, for for example, CS:GO or something, right? Like, someone who's just learning how to play and doesn't really isn't familiar with all the intricate details and sophistications of the game, right? And like the meta game and blah blah blah, right? They may pick up some bad gun or something and employ terrible strategies, right? And although you in a position of like, I don't know, supreme understanding of the game or at least more advanced understanding of the game, you say, well, that's not a very good strategy given what the objective of the game is. But I don't think you're worse than me. I think you aren't as familiar with the game as I am. So depending on how you frame the mission of art and the mission of engaging with it, Right, you might think, well, you know, if you're not really familiar with the medium 
in a lot of films so as to contextualize more quote-unquote sophisticated films right it 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 like liking transformers is sort of in my mind a part of that is yeah this anything, the, is this analogy making sure. sense so but, but it depends on how you contextualize like the mission of film like i, I i'm trying to like you know gain beauty right and i think part right. of beauty is like honesty and i see transformers as like in some way fundamentally dishonest with respect to its objections and the way it communicates to the viewer right but part of that acknowledgement of dishonesty is having seen a lot of films and thought about film and whatever, just being familiar with it and so someone who's like oh this is like the awesomest thing ever and i love this epic tale it's like awesome right there's nothing worse about you it's that i seem to think that you're not as familiar with the, the medium or whatever as i am and given uh, given the assumption that we have the same objectives which may not be true right that's important. Yeah, if we have different objectives, then we have different values. And of course, implicit is me thinking my value is more important than yours. But okay. if we have the same objective, then it's just a matter of becoming familiar with the medium so as to gain access to quote unquote more sophisticated films. Like, you know, a lot of films just like, like fil- a lot of films just aren't going to make sense if you haven't like gone through some kind of prerequisite viewing or something. Some games are better than others. Okay. Well, I could talk about it more, but we should wrap it up. Yeah, so Orson Welles made this great film that we all enjoyed. (laughs) F for fake. Yeah, so you should just watch this movie. Instead uh, of listening to our podcast. Usually we can watch the movie for you. Uh, (laughs) This time you might actually have to get your hands dirty. (sighs) Okay. Well, we've gone over the two-hour mark, so... I think it'll be fine though. Hopefully, uh, Spotify will still accept our file. You can always just do. We could do parts. We could start splitting things into part one, part two. We could do that. I think it'll take it. I think it'll take it. also beginning bit. Give your final right. thoughts. Final thoughts and scores. Mine. I think one must watch the film and must like the film. So good. If you don't like it, I'm smarter than you. And uh, just a really, just a real hoot of a time. Really fun, really funny. Just a great, great, exciting experience. And definitely a masterclass in editing and like thinking about attention. Oh, I'm going to give it a 4.4. 4. Whoa. Mighty Eight score. Times, I thought. Um,. Yeah, this it's is a, a must-watch, bro. Yeah, it's a it's a great movie. I think that it's like anybody who watches it and allows themselves to be fooled will enjoy the film immensely. And that I don't know, there's tons to get into, and um, I love all the shard uh shard stuff, and uh, yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a four point three. I love Shard. I agree. Uh, my rating, the highest so far that I've ever given something. Oh! Oh my god. 4.4. Damn! Oh. and I are twinsies today. Oh, aren't we always in spirit? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say. Okay. Uh, Brody? Uh. Or no, Joel. <laughs> yeah, Joel. I'll give it a four point one. Uh, 
I don't really know what to say. Uh, I really like it. There's so much you can get out of it every time you view it. And it does a lot. Um, like with the context of the world of film and its relationship to reality. I thought that was good. So, yeah. Um, I'm gonna stick with my intuition here. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.8, making me the odd one out here. I thought it was very fun, very quick, really great, although it's going to miss the must-watch category for me. No. Mm. Maybe you just watch it again. Maybe I didn't watch it again. <laughs> Wait, so was this whole final discussion just a a way of uh trying to protect yourself from yeah I'm from just looking I'm just worse fine. than us yeah I'm just <laughs> all right well no brody wasn't fooled yeah yeah um all right cool uh so allegedly tomorrow we'll have a podcast about the book club book club podcast uh is that right Hundred pages. Um, first hundred. We're supposed to have a hundred. Yeah, first hundred pages. Yeah, first hundred pages. Podcast. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Okay. Well. Okay. Also. Yeah. Whatever. We can stop recording. But I. We're not stopping. Okay. I want to put forward. Perhaps we should cut, um, a chunk out of the art of this discussion, about uh, guilty pleasures and whatever. And do that as a separate podcast, like I a thirty think, minute, and call it the Guilty Pleasures podcast because it really it has nothing to do with the film, but it's still I, good. That's true. I I really I really strong I feel strongly that nothing gets cut, and if we want to do a separate podcast, we do a separate podcast. Okay. We went off topic. I don't know. That's I mean that's cool. If anybody else has an opinion, they can express it. Yeah, if you if want not, to fuck like shit podcast, that's fine with me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't really care. I'm just, I don't know. I'm <laughs> particularly focused on the archival nature of this podcast, and I know yeah, Stephen. I know the suggestion it, that, doesn't mean excluding right. anything. Okay, right. well, let's wrap and up it, this, it, and then in let's my talk mind, about it's it. useful for archival purposes because it's it sections it as yeah, it organizes. Okay, well, let's okay, wrap this up. Yeah. All right. uh, bye. Goodbye. Yeah, later. See ya.